Hi everyone, I'm JJ Hornblass and welcome to the roadmap from Auto Finance News since 1996, the auto industry's leading newsletter on lending and leasing. This is our weekly wrap on what's happening in auto finance for the week of September 7, 2020. I want to thank Auto Finance News advertisers Alpha, DeFi, FIS, Pay Near Me, and Remitter for their continuing support. So thank you very much to them. I am joined by Amanda Harris. Hi, Amanda. Hi. Uh, an associate editor at Auto Finance News. Welcome. It is Friday, September 11, 2020. This post-Labor Day shortened week uh, was back to school for much of America. The and there was also the announcement uh, that the first uh, woman would head a major U.S. bank. That's uh, Jane Frazier at Citigroup. Uh, we saw some tough sledding on the public equity markets uh, this week, as well as just uh, unreal uh, forest fires raging on the West Coast and disrupting uh, life there. Um, we will start our discussion on the industry, though, Amanda, um, on uh, related to uh, the industry's reaction to the COVID pandemic. Um, you did a big story about what happened in the industry through the pandemic, a really a historic uh, event uh, for not just the industry, but for the world. Um, so what, what surprised you most about the industry's reaction uh, to the pandemic? Yeah, so we really took an in-depth look about how, um, you know, dealers and lenders had to kind of address this and adapt to pretty much a world turned completely virtual um, almost overnight. So we call that the co like the COVID evolution. It kind of, you know, hastened things that may have already been in the works or, you know, forced them to do processes that they were working toward maybe the next couple of years with, you know, remote e-sign and car deliveries to homes and, you know, being able to do a lot more of the process online, um, financing and selling the car online. And we saw that kind of just way kick up because they had to because their dealerships were closed. Um, so there really wasn't a lot of options for people to just come to dealership, buy and finance a car like they normally would. Um, so I think it was surprising though, because they were pretty resilient in doing this very quickly. You know, they had, they kind of, they were lucky enough that they kind of were working toward a lot of this already because we live in a very digital world. It's 21st century. Like, you know, most people use their phones for pretty much everything. Most people shop online for everything from groceries to household things now. Um, so they were already kind of working toward that. They just kind of had to quickly put those processes in um, maybe a little faster than they would have. Um, but yeah, I think it was surprising how well they were able to you know, make all their workforces remote and work from home without really interrupting, you know, the, the dealer process. And then of course at the end would be the customer experience, um, which we'll be looking at next, but able to kind of handle that and keep doing what they would be doing with doing it via virtual, even like, you know, having a customer on a phone while you're walking around the car to show those details, like you would have that in-person reaction doing it in a digital way. Um, so we saw a lot of those kind of adaptations. Um, so we definitely saw like an overall theme of lenders and dealers kind of adapting together so that both ends of the spectrum, um, you know, were able to be handled 
in a different way uh, during this pandemic. And I think those will stay afterwards. A lot of them said, oh, this actually works really, really well. So maybe we'll keep doing this, um, especially the digital e-sign and things like that. I think that was something that lenders and have been wanting for quite a while um, to offer. Yeah, so. and we'll, you know, in our, in our, our, our sister uh, venture, Bank Innovation, uh, we had uh, Bank Innovation Build, which is a conference on how to, how to do innovation. And uh, one of the points that was raised there was how uh, it was clear that uh, the aggressiveness of shifting uh, developer resources um, was a lot more acute uh, during this time period than I think we realized. And I think that there is this similar vein that I, I can see from uh, for in, in the auto finance space where um, this notion of we can't, we, we can't do this. We can't shift en masse to 100% virtual. Um, and we'll talk about some of the performance in New York, which I think is a, kind of relates to that. Um, but the fact that um, this surprised even folks in the industry that, you know, they didn't think that they can get by on this um, uh, really stands out to me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and a lot of them, you know, did say that, you know, in person is such a big part of what they do, especially with the sales force. You know, they're used to going out to dealerships, meeting with clients in person. And so to lose that, I think, was kind of a hindrance in a way. Um, and I don't think they were able to, you know, fully bring that experience back. You do lose some of obviously your interaction when even like on Zoom calls and stuff for meetings for work, you know, you lose some of the interaction you would have if you're walking around the office talking to your coworkers. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I think right now they're doing, you know, the best they can with what they have. And I think a lot of them are able to, you know, really see the benefit of, of being able to do those digital processes and work from home and, and video calls and things like that. But I definitely think once they are able to to go back to in person that they'll jump right back into that. Cause I don't, I don't think this will be like the replacement. <laughs> right, <laughs> It'll just be something right. that allows them to do something a little different or use right. in the future if, if need be. So. It was interesting that um, uh, the, this, the scope of the cash flow assistance programs mm -hmm. um, that, that seemed to have been put into place. I, it, this was, I think beyond what we we thought was happening? I mean, is that, is that sync with what you, you know, was it kind of beyond what you expected or, 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 you know, thought, I mean, maybe uh, share with us some of those details. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I do think it was, um, it was something extra that they did just to make sure that it really, they, they wanted to make sure that the cash flow was prioritized and that their dealers or partners were prioritized. Cause obviously they, you know, that's their, their main goal is captive is to support the dealer. So, they, they definitely had a lot of um, different programs. I know Toyota Financial Services, for one, um, joined some other lenders in prioritizing cash flow and, you know, reducing rates on like floor, line, floor plan lines of credit for the VO partners. Um, and then a couple other ones who were new to doing the digital e-sign, um, they kind of helped with like waiving fees to, to join those kind of programs because obviously this was a unique situation and so they wanted dealers who had not already been offering that to be able to quickly offer it without really, you know, kind of losing out or, or having some, some challenges to, to joining that. So they would like weigh the, the join fees and things like that to make it a little easier. 
Um, so there's just kind of extra things they did. Um, again, that whole overall story of them working together to kind of weather the storm, um, that was another example of that. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like from the, I mean, you know, Toyota, General Motors, um, who are some of the other ones that offered these plans? Uh, well, it, it was a wide range. It was Ford, right, exactly. Ford. I mean, you know, when you, when you line all those lenders up, it would appear that most likely most franchise dealers, if not most dealers, were able to um, extract some sort of uh, financial assistance, financial accommodation um, from lenders, which I, I think is probably a, you know, a, a badge of honor for the industry that they kind of, you know, stepped up to the plate during a really difficult time. So that, that was. A, Definitely. Sorry. And they had some benefit from doing that too. Uh, GM fi Financial, which assisted by deferring interest on like floor plan financing for deal partners. Because they did that, they kind of were able to bring on additional partners and, and do more floor plan um, which normally, you know, that's what they, they want, the floor plan. They, they call it the crown jewel, you know, of being a captive. Um, it's literally a direct quote. And, you know, they were seeing dealers coming to them, you know, knocking on their doors saying, let's talk floor plan because they saw the support um, that was being given during this time. So I think there was a little bit of a benefit to them as well to ensure their deal partners were supported. And then that will actually help them grow their business too. So that was a kind of unique example there. Yeah, I, I, I thought that that was that the, that did stand out to me, considering you we are coming off an era, a period of, um, you know, kind of uh, low inventory. So you know, the the floor plan demand uh, is perhaps lower in the near term, and also you know, floor plan generally from a from the financing cost perspective is pretty low to begin with. So like, you know, the degree to which a dealer is going to extract economic, significant economic um, benefit from switching to another floor plan uh, provider is, is, is sometimes questionable, but, but clearly, I mean, I think you've, you've, you've kind of hit it on the head that, that it's, it's really these other um, accommodations that were made that really made uh, that helped uh, GMF grow its uh, floor plan book during this uh, very, very unique period. But let, let's look at the, the other side to this. Um, you know, here we had uh, so much gyration in, in performance, car sale performance, financing performance within the very near term. And you took a, a, a deep dive into what happened in New York uh, effectively during the height of the quarantine there, uh, which was June. And, you know, what kind of, what did you find in terms of lending volumes in, in June uh, in the state of New York? Uh, so first for people who aren't aware, in New York was very shut down pretty early on to where, you know, if you've seen pictures of New York, it's usually thousands of people on the street, Times Square is like kind of a, you know, a big image of America. Um, and it was empty, which I've never seen New York empty. Um, and I've only been once, but I've never seen pictures of it empty. Uh, so it was really shut down for, you know, months at a time. Um, and so we looked at market share, you know, across some of the biggest auto financers in the industry. 
And we noticed in June, and it's based on the number of auto loans and leases created by June 30th. Um, and we noticed that month over month, every one of the top 10 in lenders in New York saw over 100% growth. Um, so we thought that that was, you have to take a little bit with a grain of salt because it's coming off of, um, you know, some months that obviously were shut down and, sure. and it's going to hinder growth. So, to, but to, to see that much growth at every one of the top 10 in a state that had, you know, 30,000 plus cases that was shut down for months, um, I think it's just kind of a, a little bit of hope for the industry, maybe an example of recovery coming, you know, coming, starting and, and seeing that, um, yeah, we just thought it was interesting to see, you know, that growth. And for one, Toyota Financial, they grew by 228% month over month. Um, and we also saw GM Financial grow both month over month and year over year um, by an increase at 279%. And that was one of the only ones out of our whole list that really saw year over year growth, especially to that extent. Um, and that was in New York. So it was, it was pretty interesting just to see kind of an example of you know, doing Yeah, well, I, I mean, it, it was within striking distance of the, the month over month SAR number. I mean, the SAR number in June was good. Um, you know, I think people kind of started buying again uh, on a year over year basis. You know, clearly New York outpaced uh, the year over year. I mean, the SAR on a year over year basis was down 24%. Um, so, so, you know, there, there was definitely good, uh, good indications there. It was interesting yesterday, uh, or, or actually, sorry, two days ago, I think, um, the Fed released its uh, consumer credit numbers and for, for, um, for July, um, and, and, you know, June, the number grew 3.3%. So in other words, New York on a year over year basis outpaced total consumer credit growth. And, and this is, you know, considering some parts of the country where, you know, that were not necessarily closed uh, down to the degree New York was in, in June still. Um, so it, it's interesting. I mean, I think it, it points to a, a kind of resiliency um, in the market, and maybe you know those those transitions that we talked about earlier, uh, you know, digitizing processes that that had to start in New York in in March uh, um, and certainly April and May, and maybe kind of pay dividends in June, and and you know maybe there are some efficiencies and performance, uh, positive performance. Um, uh, for for the market going forward, you know, based on that, even in other in other states. Definitely. Um, so, Amanda, what do we have for next week? Yes. So next week, I'm going to take an in depth look at a company that um, was able to successfully transition to work from home at the height of the pandemic. Um, mm -hmm. And just kind of get that success story, you know, why they did well. Um, and it was interesting because the, the reason they did well was actually had to do with natural disasters. So we're going to kind of talk about the importance of that and, and how that kind of helped them transition really quickly. Um, and okay. then, of course, we've got some other, you know, programs that auto lenders are doing that we're going to look at. Um, so just some mm -hmm. new things coming out in the industry. Good. All right. Thanks, Amanda. And uh, a reminder to everyone that uh, the Auto Finance Summit 
will take place October 20 to 22, and you can get details at autofinancesummit.com. And, and of course, we, um, we uh, uh, urge you to visit us at autofinancenews.net and to subscribe so you can read Amanda's great articles. Uh, we, we certainly want to hear from you, so please uh, rate the roadmap on whatever platform you listened uh, to the podcast. And, we, we, and if you could also tell a friend about the roadmap, we'd, we'd greatly appreciate that as well. And uh, you're urged to um, follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks for joining us uh, on this episode of The Roadmap. We'll see you online at autofinancenews.net and here next time. Thanks, everyone.